Hi, I'm Hayden, and welcome to Skillpoint, the podcast on a mission to level up the recruitment marketing industry. We dig deep into insights, tactics, successes, and failures from leading experts in and outside of the industry. So what are you waiting for? Let's get going. Hello and welcome to the Skill Point podcast, the podcast on a mission to level up the recruitment marketing industry. Today, I'm joined by the amazing Robert Hanna, who is a legal community builder. He is the host of the Legally Speaking podcast, and they are the only legal podcast sponsored by a legal unicorn, the Nike of the legal world that I was told that is that, that they are that was quite an impressive accolade and he is also the managing director and founder of casey partners robert how you doing i'm very well thank you thank you for the very kind introduction excited to be on your show loving what you're doing so uh, yeah looking forward to it fantastic so in this episode we are going to really play to robert's strengths and dig into my favorite topic uh podcasting and how Robert's journey has evolved and what he's looking to in the future you're doing some really cool stuff so i think there's going to be some great value in here but let's start off the episode by um, just getting a short intro from you and a little bit of a background. Yeah, so I started my, um, so I'm a, re- I'm a legal recruiter currently, um, turned legal community builder, as you kindly mentioned, content creator. But I started um, my career in recruitment in the city of London. And really, I kind of went to a FTSE 250. Then I went to a, a small boutique firm. And then I set up my own Casey Partners seven and a half years ago. So I've always been in and around the world of recruitment and talent. But for those people who have been watching closely, that industry is changing at the speed of light. And so the need to, to kind of switch to really being proactive with content creation and thinking of ways to, to make your business um, relevant, but also to drive inbound leads and all of that good stuff. But really, yes, yeah, so I'm a, a Leicester lad that moved to Leeds, moved to London, fell into recruitment, did a lot of time there. And yeah, then sort of set up my own journey and uh, the rest is history, as they say. No, fantastic. And would it be fair to say that the the podcast has been one of the, the biggest drivers in sort of your growth and success going forward? It's been the number one driver for elevating a personal brand. So I had um, over a decade's worth of recruitment experience. Um, I'd been in energy, oil and gas. I'd spent six years in uh, seven years in um, procurement and supply chain. Um, I moved into setting up a legal recruitment business with no legal recruitment experience so i really do strike people off that say you just need to know everyone and anyone in the marketplace it helps it's also the technical skill sets that that, that go with that um but obviously i needed a vehicle um to elevate and be seen as a thought leader and get that authority in the space and the podcast absolutely um was a great way for, for me being able to achieve that to, to stand out which i'm happy to tell you more about yeah love it and your um your podcast is in the uh the triple digits now isn't it it is. Yeah, we are. So we're in the top 1% of podcasts globally. We're in five and a half thousand cities around the world. We've produced over 200 episodes. I think we're only one of the few legal shows in the world who have done that. As you very kindly mentioned, we're sponsored by Legal Tech Unicorn and Centaur, which is a organization that's got over 100 million annual recurring revenue. Um, and yeah, we've just been on a hell of a journey. We've had anyone from Carol Baskin, from Tiger King, from Netflix, through to the, the president of the Law Society, the most official body who governs the laws in our, in, in our country and lots of things in and around talking about different topics so it's been a hell of a journey um and i've loved every minute of it 
Fantastic. I never knew that you had Carol Baskins on there. I'll have to uh, go back and listen to that one. Yeah. Was it a good episode? It's interesting. Because, and that's a tip maybe people thinking about things. Obviously, um, you know, you need to make sure that it's of value to your listeners. Um, and so we had Carol on right at the time, because when the pandemic hit, um, you know, Tiger King, I think, was number one on Netflix. And we were, I was able, you know, I'm big on networking and getting into the right places to get the right people. And we reached out to Karen. She very kindly um, agreed. But really, we obviously used the Tiger King and the Netflix as the sort of headline. But the subtopic was actually quite interesting because she's trying to um, really push the big cat conservation um, conservation laws in the US. So she's actually doing some quite interesting work to protect big cats. So it was quite an interesting discussion. So obviously we had the top headline marketing and top of the funnel visibility and all of that great stuff. But actually the content was still relevant to our audience. I think that's the really important thing when thinking about a podcast and getting the strategy and content and things right that, you know, that really is of value to your listeners because your show is not going to be for everyone. And it's about finding that audience and lasering it down on, on quality content for them. Yeah, absolutely. And do, do you think that comes with time? Do you think it's it's sometimes good to cast the net wide in terms of your niche, but then start to figure out what your audience really want? Yeah, I mean, obviously, asking your audience is really important. You know, you can do pollings, you can do giveaways, you can do competitions just to incentivize them to to give you feedback. Yeah, I mean, we've evolved as a journey. I talk a lot about uh, TOI, which if you're thinking of starting a podcast, think about your topic of influence. So, what do I mean by that? It's if there's there's podcasts aren't new anymore. Their podcasts are exist. I do also think podcasts are still very very early. Um, you just look at the number of YouTube channels that are out there versus when it first started to where it is now in terms of the millions that exist. So podcasts it's still early, um, but it's not as novel as it once was. So you really need to think about what is the pain point your particular show is going to be serving so having a topic of influence for us for example is careers and legal careers that topic of influence should be one or two words so for example how to get a job as a lawyer or how to qualify as a lawyer our content should be geared towards that legal careers in terms of the types of things that we're putting out or what are the latest trends in the legal industry or what are the top five laws related to corporate law? All of that stuff that people might be putting into Google that are looking for that sort of content, that would all come under our topic of influence of sort of legal careers. And so we're really intentional now of ultimately doubling down on that topic of influence. But sometimes it may take a bit of time to, to figure that out. But when you're thinking about a strategic way to stand out, the better you let, nail down what that topic of influence is, the better you can create your content, the better you'll find your tribe and you'll get much better feedback and a much more engaged audience community and all of the good stuff that comes from it yeah absolutely we're really similar i i went into the skill point podcast you know i always say the the motto it is the level up for me leveling up is so it's a, a recruitment marketing person within a business and they're always back of mind for me whenever i'm asking the questions whenever i'm finding the guests will my audience get value out of this and i think sometimes people get um swayed by the, the the rightful business objectives that you can get from a podcast but you've got to think about the audience and kind of like the mission that you're on with it as well yeah and there's so much data you can get from online as well you know you can use a google trend you can use an answer the public.com all of these platforms that give you the the google index data of where people are searching and what they're looking for so it's very easy now to almost be like a lazy podcaster because you've got all this data that then you can make sure you're targeting it to your audience so yeah definitely make sure you use a lot of those sort of tools and platforms out there to create to create content um for your audience yeah fantastic 
So let's go back to the beginning of the podcast. What was your initial strategy going into it? And then maybe touch on how it's developed over time now. Yeah. So I had a very low marketing budget when I first started. So I started my own company. Um, I'd left the like nice world of being a director in a recruitment business. Anyone knows if you done over 10 years in recruitment, you've reached up to director, you know, you, you, you've, had, you've seen a lot of things and you've got used to studying maybe a certain lifestyle and everything else. Anyway, I knew that I wanted to set up a legal recruitment business just for context. My grandfather ran a law firm in the United Kingdom. Um, it was one of the most prominent of his generation outside of any major London law firm. So I wanted to continue that family legacy connected to the legal industry whilst I'm not a qualified lawyer, but be able to, to kind of stay connected to legal in a way, um, but also play to my strengths, which is naturally the, the talent and recruitment space. But of course, that's a wonderful story, but no one cares about somebody else just setting up another recruitment company. No one's going to come knocking on my door uh, with no track record, no time in the legal industry, not a known name. I'd been doing six and a half years prior in the procurement supply chain. I thought, wow, so I could do what everyone else is doing and try and do the traditional old school cold calling. I could try and do what everyone else is doing in terms of specking out, sending out emails. I can do everything that's been done for the last 20 years in the recruitment industry that everyone is doing. Or I could try something different at the time when we launched, you know, a good few years back now, we were the first ever legal recruitment firm to set up a podcast. And quite frankly, our competitors laughed at us. And I thought that was great. So I thought you're not seeing the blue ocean opportunity here. You're seeing all of the time, energy and effort potentially you're seeing as wasted, whereas I'm talking about that's actually where we're digging. We're digging, we're getting the foundations, we're doing a lot of the stuff that most shows, most companies now obviously do have podcasts. So we took a risk because I needed to take a risk. I needed to do something different that wasn't doing exactly the same thing as everyone else. And I also needed a strategy to get people to talk to me. So you'll know, Ed, because you're in the podcasting game, that you know, the fact we, we weren't starting out in five and a half thousand cities around the world, but you start a podcast, you put it out on Apple, Spotify, Google, your website, you get set up, you're putting people's voices in many countries around the world, because people are interested, particularly in the legal industry, people are interested in the England and Wales qualification, the, the legal system, how that compares to their country in Australia, or how it compares to uh, the Far East, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I could have a simple conversation of starting a relationship with a potential client, i.e. a law firm partner, by leading with value. I'm not ringing up to them saying, hey, are you recruiting at the moment? Or I'm working with X, Y, and Z candidates. Because every legal recruiter in the country and probably in the world, and recruitment is one of the most saturated industries, is doing that. I'm ringing up and having a conversation about how I can be of value to them and saying, hey, I really like what you're doing. And I can see actually you're doing some quite outdated articles that probably are very low in terms of search engine optimization and risk. Have you ever thought about giving 30 minutes of your time to a platform that could put your voice in 20 countries around the world, which would tell your story, which we could repurpose that episode into search engine optimization content that would drive more inbound leads, probably better quality candidates to your, to your business. Um, and it'll be a lot of fun. And we'll create all these cool graphics assets that will make sure that you blow up on social media. Um, how does that sound to you? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you for half an hour of my time. That's a good thing to, to think about. Suddenly, I've started a relationship. They know, like, trust me. Oh, and I see you also have a legal recruitment firm. So it was a great kind of the Gary Vee jab, jab, hook, getting the thought, leading with value, giving them lots and lots and lots and lots, asking for nothing until we get to the point that actually they figure out the self that you have this other vehicle, which is the legal recruitment business. You can then start doing recruitment for them. So that's kind of how I did it. That's how I got known. And I really leveraged social 
because social can leverage you so much more. I think people are still doing lots of outdated approaches. Um, and then sort of everything that's happened with being, you know, I was just doing a talk for LinkedIn yesterday. I worked with LinkedIn, Thomson Reuters, Clio, Legal Tech Unicorn, all of these big brands suddenly start coming around you if, if, if you really kind of double down on it. Yeah, I love it. And I think you've touched on something that's becoming a bit of a, a an issue now with um, podcasting. And it's a little bit of like, guest fatigue I think sometimes we've we've definitely had it with some of our clients that you reach out that you know the clients are reaching out to guests and they're saying actually no I don't want to come on short podcast what was something that was not seen of even just like six months ago and I think that's grown but I think where you've touched on actually spelling out the value that they'll get above just jumping on the podcast and that's all that happens what could actually happen to them and their business um well, makes it's... a difference doesn't it well, think about it. Top city lawyers are probably charging anywhere between 500 to £1,000 an hour. So, you know, if we're trying to steal half an hour of their time, there better be some jolly good benefit into them. I always, you know, everyone's aware of everyone's favourite radio station, WIFM. What's in it for me is articulating the, but it's also being, you know, showing an interest. There's no reason now why you can't approach a prospect with a chunk of data behind you. They'll have a social media profile. You'll know what other interviews you've done. You'll know what their practice area is, for example, in the law. Like you tailor it to the level of such level of sophistication and interest. And the benefit is so good to them that it would almost be, it's an absolute no brainer that they have to say yes. Whereas I think a lot of people say, hey, I've got the show. We're in this mountain. We do this, 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 and this. But yeah, but what's the benefit for me? And, you know, why would I do that? And I went on a similar show before. And actually, I don't have time anymore. I haven't really seen the win. So, you know, going a step further. And by the way, these last three guests who featured on our show actually then landed X client, which generated X for them. So it's all about the delivery of the kind of what's in it for them. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and there's something something I do similar similarly. Um, you know, I I I had someone comment, oh, you've getting some quite heavy hitters in the recruitment industry already, and you're quite novel. But the thing is, I, I when I reach out, I will literally discuss in that message what we'll talk about. I'll be saying, I I, I want to talk about you know podcast and your journey, etc. And it's something they're interested on rather than just like do you want to come onto the podcast and there's no real sort of like structure of what's going on. Yeah, I think putting something personal in knowing about them so for example anyone who gets me typically if they put a cheeky ps about my dog like i'm very open about otto or like oh i really like that cute thing or i see well you just did something like something that's super personal um you know just doesn't need to be too much but that little thing that shows us a genuine interest in them is like oh i see you won a that jujitsu competition actually you know I've, I've seen this competitions happening or whatever like that little bit of personal touch on there just shows that you're genuinely interested in them super helps yeah, absolutely. Especially when everyone's using automation, just, just yeah. a little bit of personality, isn't it? Exactly. Personability. Yeah. Um, perfect. So one of the things we discussed in our pre-chat was the Dream 100 list. Do you want to mm. dig into that a little bit more detail for me? Yeah, I would encourage everyone to have a Dream 100 list when thinking about starting a podcast. So this is basically a list of guests that um, it says what it is on the tin you would love to have on your show. So Again, think back to topic of influence strategy. We've talked about, you know, you've thought about setting up a show, you've thought about the name of your show, you've thought about the, the market you're trying to deliver. Then you want to go out and think about, right, well, who could potentially give me the absolute best reach, quality of content linked to that topic of influence? So, for example, we're still working on trying. I mean, we've had some big names, as you know, but many people won't know. For example, George Clooney, I'm sure a lot of people know, his wife is Amal Clooney, who's one of the top barristers in the UK. 
right? So if we suddenly start getting people like Amal Clooney coming onto the show, that's again going to take us to a new level. So somebody like that would be on our dream 100 list. So you've got to think about people that not only have um, a good reputation, but can also talk about quality of content and potentially help you reach. So other things that we break it down by when we're looking at sort of our dream 100 is um, set of subsections. So issues within the legal career. So diversity, equity, inclusion. So we've had the presidents of the Law Society of the UK, like can't get any bigger than that coming on, whose mission, you know, some of their core values are linked to improving diversity, equity, inclusion. So what a great guest. And obviously then they have the whole of the Law Society database of over 250,000 email addresses. When they share that episode, it's going to blow up. So your downloads are going to go up, your visibility is going to go up, your connection to being actually really, really kind of well-known and trusted is going to go up. Um, but I always say, have aspirational guests. So think about people who, you know, people are going to want to listen to. And it may not, that doesn't necessarily have to be that sort of social media influence or that celebrity, that top voice. It might be someone who's an absolute expert. So maybe it is just AI overwhelm and fatigue at the moment, but maybe there's actually an expert who's not very kind of prominently known online that's absolutely brilliant at AI within your particular niche or area. And they can talk sort of the technicals, but in simple language and educate your audience, have a good conversation you can then as the creators of the content create some really striking graphics some really cool like follow-up posts newsletters articles that your audience is going to be interested in and ultimately you're going to get good quality guests that probably want to to say yes so the dream 100 is a list of the ideal people you should want to have that you're targeting um and there's lots of different ways you can go about attracting them or getting them to come onto your show um sometimes you just write to them and sell the benefits everything like we've talked about but maybe you might want to be more strategic you might want to get to close to them give them a follow on socials start liking engaging in their content being seen adding insightfulness getting to know them build up that online relationship and then you can slide into the dms um maybe you could kind of shout out some things that they've been doing you can tag them in a post if something's resonated with you so so many different ways that you can kind of get that attention um for your dream 100 but i'd encourage you to have people that you think you'd never ever get on your show i mean from me sitting in a room uh with zero budget with one mic and trying my best to to, to get anyone on the show from that to netflix superstars to the nike as you say equivalent sponsor of of our show and everything else um you've got to dream bit yeah i love that it's, it kind of feels like you're, you'd go up tiers wouldn't you you'd be like your immediate network and then you've kind of got the the influencers within your kind of immediate network and then that takes you to tier two and then you've kind of got the celebrities down in like tier five or whatever i like that but it's also the quality of the research you do. Like, hey, I know how much you put in chapter and verse in like really preparing. This isn't just two people hopping on a mic. Like you research thoroughly, you have detailed conversations, you're thinking of your audience all the time. It doesn't necessarily have to be these headline people, as you say. It can be if you really digest and create quality content and bring out the best of that get brain. If you can bring out the best of that brain, then the quality of your show is going to be great. But absolutely new level, new devil, as they say. So the bigger your show gets, the more your audience expects. And so you've got to keep delivering, delivering, delivering. Yeah, great. So in terms of, you know, your journey, you've been going for, you know, a really long time. And that takes a level of dedication and consistency. You know, what processes, systems or just attitudes have you employed to, to make sure that you're keeping up with that? Yeah, well, thankfully, we have been able to to monetize our show in, in, in different avenues, because for, for us, you know, whilst it, it's always been a business development and uh, community play, it's also got to be 
a profit-making vehicle, right? It's got to generate money. So, you know, generate money through inbound leads from clients and candidates wanting to do work with us. Absolutely. Then obviously inbound revenue through through sponsorships and endorsements and all of that good stuff. And then sort of, you know, co-collaboration, co-brandings, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, um, so that's helped with motivating. But I think things you want to think about in terms of being consistent is, doing seasons right so a lot of people um i think i said to you offline the statistic i think it's something like 95 percent of podcasts start and they don't get past episode eight right yes. and i think yeah. um a lot of that is because people haven't thought uh about it they like they get the buzz they get excitement oh, i'm gonna do a podcast on about this and that's absolutely fine if that's gonna be seven eight episodes and it's evergreen content i.e content that's never going to go out of date and will be relevant that's fantastic. But if you want a continual show, like for me, legal careers and everything in and around it is always changing. You've got to make sure that you plan. So every start of a season, we're thinking about the types of topics and guests that we want to have on. Okay. And then we're already recording in advance because we're a weekly show. We release an episode once a week, pretty much apart from a couple of times where we have splits in between seasons every week. So we are in a Legally Speaking podcast with three months recorded ahead. Right. So we're never worrying about where am I going to get my next guest from? What's going on? Because we record in advance, but we ensure that the guests that are well aware of that and we educate them on when things are going to be released. And also top tip, when you have a guest on, if they're going to be a speaker or they're going to have some major PR happening, that is the week that you release that episode because they're going to be going gangbusters in terms of their socials. They're going to want visibility. You want to release it that particular week to hijack their visibility, use the hashtags they're using for whatever their speaking events, book launch, whatever. That is the week to release it. Um, so have some flexibility, but we ensure that we have a robust system of making sure we're We've got a good lead time. We understand the content we're trying to deliver. We understand how many episodes we're going to do for a season and we plan and we work backwards. So really, really important because a lot of people just start, they have a few guests and then they run out of content, run out of ideas and then the show stops. Yeah, I love that. I've actually got that statistic from um, this tweet I was share that you said. So it's 90% of podcasters don't get past episode three. That's 1.8 million who quit. Of the wow. 200,000 left, 90% will quit after 20 episodes. So there's another 180,000 gone. And to be in the top 1% of podcasters in the world, you only need to publish 21 episodes. Yeah. And it just yeah. shows, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, because it is a time, energy and effort. And I, I think, you know, if, by the way, if you want to do a hobby podcast, do a hobby podcast. Like that's, that's, that's the thing. But if you want to use it for business, this is a business, you know, this is a very important tool for my business and my personal brand that has led to to great things. Um, you've really got to invest a bit of time starting, you know, even when it comes down to like your name, you know, and then also think about protecting the name, you know, in, you know, intellectual property, you know, getting that trademark, getting copyright on your content, um, all these little things, but they matter, making sure that you're, again, when you're thinking about titling your episodes, the worst thing you can do is put episode one, Tom Jones, for example, like that's no one's going to be putting that into Google unless you have an A-list celebrity that people are typing in that name all the time. So, for example, our episodes are, you know, um, you know, how to use generative AI as a lawyer. You know, that that's a sensible title because people are probably going to be putting that into Google. So with that guest, we make sure that the job, the title is either linked to what is the main pain point question you get asked from your community? That's the top tip. If you have a guest, ask them, what's the most common question you get from people within your community? And nine times out of 10, that should be the title for your podcast episode because that's where people are putting in and wanting the answers. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm going to nick that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so one thing that you mentioned, because I was uh, I always like to talk about the ROI, and you was like, don't worry about the ROI. Let's talk about the COI. So do you want to tell me what COI is and, and break that down? Yeah. Um, so COI is cost of inaction, right? So looking back, um, I could have quite easily kept doing the traditional route of the same old thing day in, day out that I've been doing as a recruiter for the last God knows how many years. I'm showing my age a little bit here. Um, and that's fine. And I probably would have got good ROI on that. Absolutely. But the problem with that is you're not evolving, right? So my business is not evolving. I'm doing great in the here and now, but I think people, this AI has really shocked people looking at 2023 and thinking about, wow, technology and things could really go really, really fast. And I'm going to be nowhere near the post because I have no understanding of this, no interest in this, not sure what's going on. So for me, there was a massive cost of inaction, not choosing a vehicle, i.e. podcasting, that could elevate my status, that would not only get me a seat at the table as a small business, but actually get me as one of the thought leaders and industry people. The fact that you know people come to me, the law society come to me, top heads of legal tech businesses come to me, brands like Thomson Reuters come to me, little old me in theory, is because I had the wisdom to think about, right, maybe I should do something just a little bit different that can actually get me out there. But the reality is that is a massive cost of inaction because if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have that visibility. I wouldn't have had that personal brand. I wouldn't have these brands coming to me. And as a result of it, I wouldn't have then a vehicle that's generating lots of income and also giving me lots of opportunities for my business. So I just think about, don't just think about, well, it's going to cost us this amount of time, it's going to cost us that X number amount to get kit. It's going to be this, this, this. is. I can't see the immediate return on investment. Well, I disagree. I think you've got to look at, well, what is that cost of inaction of us not doing a podcast? But making sure we're implementing a lot of tips and other tips you get, because don't just do another podcast now because they're not novel. Mm, yeah, I really like that approach to thinking, 100%. Yeah. One of the things that... um we also touched on, and I think it's a good thing to talk about, especially for people starting uh, and when they're thinking about the content to do. It's easy to do things that are topical or things that are happening at the moment, but um, I think the real value comes in creating evergreen content, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's something that you guys do with the Legally Speaking podcast, and you, you hang your hat on that. So do you want to break down a little bit more about how you keep it evergreen and what you do to sort of make sure that you, you're able to dig back into those those clips and those insights that you've got from previous episodes? Yeah, it's a really good question. So for example, when we were living through the pandemic, or if anyone started podcasts and talking about a pandemic, um, that was great content for then. But now we're out of that in theory. So that content really, in terms of people wanting to go back, unless you're a historian, People aren't really going to want to know, um, you know, top five tips for, for getting through a pandemic or whatever it might be, um, you know, from a mental health perspective, whatever. Whereas we always think about, right, when we're asking the questions to our audience, we always want to make sure that not only our current listeners, but as we continue to grow as a show, acquiring more listeners around the world, um, because maybe one new release episode might get them interested in the show, they might want to go and binge listen to the rest. If they binge listen to content, 
content that's so outdated or not relevant or helpful to them in their career, then we're probably going to lose them as a listener, right? They're going to be a one and gone type. So we always think about, you know, asking questions that are going to ensure that the information is given is pretty much going to stand the test of time, right? So, you know, top five tips when it comes to being a, a top corporate lawyer. Okay, things might evolve or, you know, what was your strategy when you're trying to secure a training contract or whatever it is. So trying to ask content that is very similar to today, right? A lot of content we talk about, yes, there's going to be an evolution in podcasting, but nine times out of 10 of it is a lot of his evergreen content. So people can go back to it, listen to it. They're still going to get some value. They're still going to get some wisdom. They might then want to pass it on and share it with somebody else. They might be inclined then to give you a rating and review. Um, so evergreen content, super important. And then you're unable to repurpose that content. So let's say, um, you know, this, for example, in June, right? Pride month. Um, so, you know, this month coming, we've had lots of topics linked to diversity, X inclusion on the show. We already have about five or six uh, quotations, carousels, snippets, clips queued up to go out this month uh, to repurpose episodes using evergreen content to leverage off what's going on in the current times from content we recorded two or three years ago. Yeah, and that just gives you that extra level, doesn't it? And just thinking ahead and making sure you're jumping on some of the the big calendar events so do you guys have a pre-mapped out calendar that you try and match your content through throughout the throughout the year absolutely no and encourage everyone to do that and i would also have trackers on all of your guests so um i have a newsletter which i released with my podcast which has um so if it's a guest birthday we'll repurpose an episode if a guest has released a book We'll, we'll repurpose the episode. If the guest has been a speaker, TEDx speaker, we'll repurpose the episode. So have trackers on your guests. Just make sure you follow them. You hit the bell sign. You know what's going on. Um, really, really, really helpful for you to not only uh, do that. But yeah, also just type into Google like, every single event that's happening in the world. Put it into a spreadsheet and actually kind of make sure. Even Pancake Day, if you know you spoke to someone about pancakes and you had a funny joke about it, like you can every it's pretty much something happening every day in the world on something and obviously we're a global show so you know fourth of july or thanksgiving again we can still repurpose so really really kind of think about having a um a sort of what's going on in the world and how we can repurpose episodes um on top of sort of what's going on in the news and everything else because you can just really really repurpose a lot of content a lot of people think about oh i need new content new content new content yes in terms of guests but actually in terms of what you've already done you want to try and squeeze that as much like a lemon to get as much out of it as, as possible we're still repurposing our first ever episode which was the uh with it with a law society and again this is another tip when you're thinking about trying to start a first episode, think about a, a, a guest that's going to give you distribution and reach. So I just got on a slight tangent here. I had the two uh, presidents of the Law Society, uh, of the London Young Lawyers Group, who is my absolute target candidate base. They're from sort of junior to mid-senior level lawyers. They had around eight and a half thousand email addresses on their system. So I invite those two to come onto the show, shine a light on them, what they're doing with their society. They send that in their newsletter. They send that out to their socials. They send that out to that community. Bang, suddenly the League of Speaking podcast is launched, not just launched, but launched with a bang, hit 7,500 inboxes. Suddenly we've got some visibility and suddenly the show starts to grow. So just think about that first guest. If you can get distribution from them, it's a really good thing to do. Yeah, great. It's that whole audience tracking thing that a lot of people just don't think about. Yeah. So one question I've got for you is you, you guys are great at providing value and you've, you've honed that craft over time. 
And how do you marry that with good storytelling within a podcast episode as well? Yeah, I think it's it's really important that you bring out those those stories. And what I would say is really important that you research. So we have a dedicated, obviously, when we first started, you know, we're a lot of it doing ourselves. But now we have a dedicated script writer, someone who focuses solely on researching the guests and their stories. So we know the right questions to ask them. Maybe it's something linked to, um, you know, we've had guests, for example, who are law firm leaders who have been very open about their mental health and their breakdowns. And actually, they're an authentic leader. So we actually get them to tell us, talk us through that story, you know, and actually the learns, what they, you know, how they came through it, what they would do differently, their career advice. So the number one thing I would say is really take the time to invest in research. Don't just ask surface level questions or generic general questions that any podcaster can do. Actually, the quality of the information you get comes from the quality of the questions that you ask your audience. So the more you research, the more you can get those stories, ask the better questions, the better they're going to be at telling those particular stories. Yeah, great. And I think that comes with time, I think, doesn't it? As, as you as you do your podcast. But one of the things that's really helped us is that initial conversation before, just a quick 20 minutes, a week before, even a few days before, where you can really just find out what's top of mind, what are they interested in, rather than you kind of assuming what they should be interested in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just showing a real interest in them. Um, and I think, you know, another, another thing I would always suggest to people, um, what we try to do is know know your guests so you know obviously with us you know we've been podcasting for some time for some people it may be their first ever podcast do not just jump straight on the mics warm them up make them feel comfortable give them a bit of time to to be kind of relaxed in the environment you know to bring out the best all these little things really 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 ensure that you bring out the best of them if they're stressed or whatever so yeah just make sure that you know your guests great and I would be remiss to not mention the, you know, the main statement on your LinkedIn profile is that you are a community builder. And I think that is a, an important piece of the puzzle with podcasting as it evolves. What yeah. are you doing to effectively build a community? Yeah, well, on top of obviously producing a podcast, which, you know, I believe produces premium high quality content that's endorsed by a lot of the top uh, law societies affiliations etc is we are really ensuring that everyone in our community is seen heard and valued and so we're building a community on discord again cost of inaction um i could quite easily not do this right but i strongly believe the number one thing that's going to keep businesses relevant as tech just keeps ripping up people's jobs whether they love it or hate it is the strength of your community and your people supporting you within that community. Now, how are you going to do that? By providing them with valuable insights and making them see that they have an opinion, their voice is heard, their insights are heard, and they feel safe where they can ask questions and part of it. So yeah, we've been building a Discord community now for the last year and a half because folks, everything on your socials is fantastic and that's great. And you can have all the vanity metrics and everything else. You do not own anything on these centralized platforms. So, you know, if LinkedIn shuts down tomorrow, you lose all your followers. If TikTok shuts down tomorrow, you lose all of your followers. So building a community where you can actually message, communicate, interact, you know, on, on Discord, we've got everything broken down into sort of legal AI news, legal careers, um, Web3 news, the future of law, legal events, diversity at conclusion, mental health. And we have separated channels providing valuable, incitive, interactive content where, again, people feel in a safe environment, they can get value from it. So I've been building 
that for, as I say, quite a period of time. And But then it's also doing things for the community. So like we've done lots of giveaways. We've done uh, competitions where people can win uh, iPads. We've done uh, NFTs. I know we might talk a bit about Web3, Web but we've done lots of kind of different quirky little things um, that just keep people excited and interested. It's like, oh, wow, now they're doing this. Or, you know, for example, back to the Carol Baskin, we did a... Um, we did a giveaway. So we did it as an NFT. I think we're the first legal podcast in the world to ever use NFTs. As a, as, as a uh, We ran a competition that basically people would win an NFT that would give them a 15-minute one-on-one with Carol Baskin to ask a question. And that went, that blew up, right? Because everyone was like, wow, this is awesome. I get to speak to Carol. I can ask a question about, you know, this, 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 and this, all the things that are tip of the tongue. And that was a great different way, right? Using NFTs, using cool different things that was token-gated in our Discord. So we actually used it and utilized the tech and all of that stuff. And people have fun playing with it, educating them. It's all about just pushing the needle forward. So yeah, that's some of the examples of, of what we've been doing. Yeah, love it. So even since my TRN days in, in the huddles and stuff and the retreats we went on, community was always the, the holy yeah. grail of where you need to get to. And you do see people build communities, um, but they can die really easily, can't they? Mm. And it creates engagement and man- you need engagement and management to be able to keep it going. You know, what level do you engage and manage your community? How how involved do you get with just the messaging and the daily updates, et cetera? Yeah, so we are every day, but, you know, no man is an island and, you know, we is greater than me. So I have a team of brand ambassadors, right? So again, think about your show. And I also have a community manager for my Discord because I, I value it that much. So I'm building a team around the community because you can't do everything yourself, but also you don't want to do everything yourself. You want to use all these individuals that want to be part of it. Because, you know, I have an overarching mission, which is to build a kinder, more collaborative, thriving legal community. I put it on every post that I do every day. I have a mission that I want people to buy into and be part of. Um, so I have all of these brand ambassadors. Now, these brand ambassadors tend to be Gen Z or future generational um, legal professionals. Why? A, their social media and their community-focused individual minds. B, they have lots of reach. And C, they are absolutely keen for the content. They need the content that's being shared. And then through that, you can designate roles. So we have somebody that focuses on the newsletter. We have someone who focuses on the Twitter account. We have somebody who focuses on the short-form video. And so then it enables you to be consistent and be able to kind of contribute and put stuff into the um Discord community, which is is worked really, really well. And you'll be amazed that people do want opportunities. And if they buy into the mission, you will get people who will come and be a brand ambassador for your show and your community. Absolutely. It can be one of the most powerful tools in your arsenal, can't it? Um, So you've got a mailing list, you've got your podcast, you've got your community, you're playing around with Web3 NFTs. Is there anything else that you're kind of using to stay current to push the envelope of the podcast forward as 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 it grows and evolves yeah i think you know we're, we're going to do more when it comes to to web3 so we're going to start doing interviews in the metaverse we're going to start doing some some interesting um, and when i say metaverse people get you know it's just a virtual different environment but it's creating a better virtual podcasting experience a more immersive podcast experience so we're going to start doing more of that um we are going to do um sort of on top of our weekly show we're going to start doing some 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 more sort of mini series they tend to do really well 
Um, I don't see many people doing that. So I mentioned that our topic of influence is, is legal careers, where each week we'd have a guest that comes on, tells about their story, their career journey, their lessons, et cetera, et cetera. The mini series is going to focus on one real short, sharp, specific piece of content that's linked to legal careers. So it could be a, a, a new piece of legal tech. It could be a new legal development, whatever it is. And it's just doubling down on that. And I don't see many shows really benefiting and utilizing the power of miniseries because whenever we've done a double episode release in a week, that's absolutely increased our um, our downloads. I think we're going to do more in the Discord in terms of voice hangouts. So talking with the guests. So once we've done the live recording, we're going to bounce our community into the Discord. I'm going to allow the community then to do Q&A fire with 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 guests so little things like that obviously we're going to kind of 10x the, the content uh we've started we've really changed our trailers around our teaser videos around we now kind of you know we keep an eye on what the, the diary of the ceo does i think everyone should at the end of the day it's the podcast that a lot of people uh are listening to um so you know we're, we're working on better quality cliffhanger teaser videos um to get people engaged with with call to actions and yeah we're um we've got a few kind of things like that in in the works that we're we're working on to keep evolving um but the number one thing is just making sure that the content stays good you know if you keep your content good remembering who you're talking to then your show will stand the the, the test of time and don't think you have to be weekly you could be monthly you could be bi-monthly you could be whatever as long as your audience knows when to expect to show up for you then you, you'll be fine don't don't feel pressured into doing more than you probably think you can but in the same breath like podcasting is real if you do it right you will see a lot of returns from it and that must be a challenge keeping the content good as you know mm -hmm. especially when you're running a guest format and now you're going yeah. into the triple digits of podcast you know how did and you touched on it slightly but you know what is what is your sort of main trick at trying to keep the the content fresh relevant and the guests still good and you don't drop in quality well asking the community right and that's a good thing it's like you know before we launched season seven we were doing a lot of giveaways so we're giving away airport apple airpods ipads we were doing a lot of giveaways to say look what do you want to see where are the gaps in information because yes you can use answer the public and google trends and all of the things that keywords planner all of those tools and i would encourage you to use that but also listen to your fans because the way you're going to turn them into super fans and champion fans and give you the downloads ratings and recommendations and all of the things is by making them seem feel and heard so yeah before we launched season seven we we, we asked a lot about our community about what sorts of things they wanted to see and hear and that worked fantastically well and we were able to kind of create a really good um level of, of, of quality of content and the other thing is, is is guests you know if you can get good quality guests as your brand and show develops you're going to keep that interest you're going to keep that interest and i already talked about it like researching like research your guests really really well um bring out the best in them and you're guaranteed to bring out the best in the uh in in the content and listen to some of the other shows that they they've been on you know, if your guest has been on five or six other podcasts, listen to them, see how they come across, listen to their answers. Maybe think I could have been, a, as a host, I could maybe rephrase that question better and get a better response out of them. So, you know, it's it's worth investing that time. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, this is something that we talk about, like the, not only the questions you ask on the podcast, but the community and the, the audience you build, they, they have a wealth of data in them. You just need to try and eke out of them in, a, in the way to then create more dynamic, dynamic and engaging content. And I think the, the point where you're touching on sending them gifts and making them feel like they are part of a community, part of your tribe, it just takes it beyond them just being an, an, a consumer and just a part of the audience, isn't it? 
Well, and yeah, and the other thing I should have mentioned about sort of moving the podcast forward, which we already tried, but it was it was almost too early. And I'm always happy to to, to take a risk and, you know, it not work out and try again. But we're going to redo a social token. So, um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with, you know, we, we were the first legal podcast to have our own crypto coin linked to our, 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 our show. Um, and when you say that, that sounds quite overwhelming. If you're not into this, not sure, like, oh, is it a scam? I'm worried, et cetera, et cetera. Simplifying it, um, what we'll probably do in the future is it's a rewards-based system. So again, remember, WIFM, what's in it for me? Like your community will only keep showing up for you if they're getting the high-quality content, they're feeling seen, valued, and heard. So what we would do, for example, if we're asking for people's opinions or we're asking for people to engage, is we'll give them rewards. Yeah, give them rewards of our legal coin and then through that coin they can use those rewards to buy things so it could be a one-on-one mentoring session from people within our community it gives them access to it could be access to merchandise linked to the show it could be access to legal events or it could be discounts to certain legal events so we we're going to create almost like a virtual point system within the community linked to the podcast where people who support and champion the show actually get something back as well yeah fantastic so in this episode, you've mentioned um, like coins, crypto, that kind of thing a few times. And this is Web3. And I think it is the future, but it's taken a massive reputation hit recently, hasn't it? With the the scams that kind of happened around the time that crypto rose and all the NFTs came out. Are you still, it sounds like you are, but are you still a strong believer that this is the way that everything is going to be going down the line? Yeah. I mean, let's take ourselves back to the 1990s. What is the internet? You know, that was a great, you know, now it's like, it's it's just early. It's not, it's yes, okay. There's been a lot of, you know, issues, but I always encourage everyone, do you DD, do you DD on me? Like everything you're hearing today, like, you know, Hayden trustworthy gets good guests and, and people, but make sure everything, fact checks everything. Like it's up to you to make sure that you are really, really taking responsibility when, when acting online, not just when it's web three. I mean, we're seeing scams happen in web two and have been for years and years and years and fraud and cybersecurity and data. So really be careful when you're involved in the digital world, because it's, um, you know, it can be a bit of a scary, overwhelming place. But the important thing is that you don't let that stop you from being curious and uh, learning, because, you know, before you earn, you know, you must learn, you know, you drop the L, it spells earn. It's so important. So to continually evolve, you've got to be able to kind of, okay, fine, we're moving into Web3, moving into this AI, metaverse, crypto, you know, world, Um, you can't stay where you are and be fairly confident you're going to be relevant in modern times because it's, it's not going to happen unfortunately we live in a world of such speed and velocity of change that you've got to be curious and open to learning and by the way i'm not an expert in web3 and i have my own web3 consultancy and i'm learning all the time um, but i do believe in the power of decentralization i do believe in making people have control of their data i do believe that it could potentially work really well and i i, I like the sound of you know DAOs and DeFi and all of these other things that you know people who are interested in web3 will will like but they have their challenges and it will take time to to iron out but i i do believe that it definitely will be commonplace uh in the coming years for sure fantastic and for anyone that doesn't really know what web3 is because i'm sure there's people out there do you want to just quickly explain what that is and where you think it's it's heading and then maybe just some just finish up with some quick tips for people that maybe want to experiment with uh web3 for their community building or their podcast etc 
Yeah, I'll try and be as simple because I always say to people, when you're in Web3, use Web2 language because otherwise you lose people, right? You confuse people, you lose people. Let's say Web1 was reading. Like anyone goes back to the age of the internet, reading those static pages. There wasn't much you could do, right? You could just read. You had a basic thing there. Web2 is kind of read and write slash with some engagement. So with Web2, then we saw the birth of social media, Facebooks, where you could start engaging online and having conversations this is a super simplified version by the way folks just so people can get an understanding web3 is a combination of reading writing owning engaging right so it gives you that ownership point because a lot of the ownership on web2 platforms like i mentioned before with facebook with linkedin they're in control of your data you're not in control of your data so i think it's just the next generation up it's the upgrade of the internet that hopefully through the use of lots of you know different web3 technologies you know you've touched on you know the likes of nfts we've touched on the likes of crypto we've touched on the likes of the metaverse etc it's just the next generative upgrade of the internet which i hope will ultimately give people more power and control and ownership online and if you want to kind of just think about this you know join web3 communities you know to listen to some web3 podcasts maybe think about setting up a wallet you know put a little bit of money that you're comfortable in not a lot of money just get used to having a crypto wallet maybe get used to you know experimenting with some nfts you can go to you know various um sites and maybe buy a couple of nfts you know use a few get familiar with like solana if you're familiar with solana or ethereum whatever like just get used to um sort of the world of web3 follow web3 thought leaders particularly on, on on linkedin they share a lot of free content and you can just get used to kind of understanding what's going on and hopefully as time goes by you'll start picking up a thing or two and you'll start getting confident and you'll start trying a couple of little things but just just stay curious please don't shut yourself off to, to learning and we're all learning no one's a web3 expert yet no fantastic um I know you've got a hard stop, so we'll um, we'll run through some quick fire questions. But uh, yeah, thank you for all that insight, Rob. I think we just literally got a ton of value out of that. So that was <laughs> we blasted through the loads there. <laughs> uh, so quick fire questions before you go. Um, what's your favourite piece to top in? Oh, I'm a meat feast. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. Yeah. Best productivity method. You know, how do you stay productive? Uh, I plan my day the night before. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Your favourite podcast? uh diary of the ceo i'm biased but i do i do like it and i take tips from it yeah great uh what company do you think does marketing the best doesn't need to be recruitment specific uh, uh clio i think our uh, podcast sponsor do marketing really really well and they do a clio con so that's the other thing they do a huge conference which brings in the whole of the legal community i think it's a super smart marketing exercise that gets their brand everywhere but leads with value yeah great and then if you could live anywhere else in the world where would it be it's a really good question. Uh, I would have to say it would be somewhere in Australia, which might be controversial to people. But I had my, my favorite holidays there where I went to Sydney and Melbourne and around there. So probably somewhere in Australia. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I, I don't like winter here. I always flip between a, a emigration to Australia, like, oh yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I've got a kid now, so we're watching Bluey, and it's like really getting me into uh, Australia. <laughs> we're exactly the same. Yeah, we're in the Bluey, Bluey time. So yeah, let's just both do it together. Take our shows there and uh, do it. Yeah, love it. Um, so thank you so much, Robert. Appreciate your time. Uh, if anyone wants to talk Web three podcasting, legal with you, how can they get in touch with you? 
Yeah, uh, feel free to follow me on LinkedIn and then make sure that you click my profile URL, which says Legally Speaking Club. That'll take you straight to my Discord. You can then message me live on Discord because I've maxed out my 30K connections on LinkedIn. So you can only follow me, but the way you can message me is then clicking, bouncing into my Discord community, and then you can send me a DM and I'll pick up everything from there. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Robert. I really appreciate your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for having me. Really enjoyed it.